0: this ministry. This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I would love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you and enjoy. Good morning, Mosaic. Good morning. How are y'all this morning? Awesome, awesome. My name is Kristen, and I am one of the pastors here. You did see Pastor Naeem wrap a series last week where basically we looked, looked at and wrestled through a lot of things that make it hard to be a Christian sometimes. So if you have any questions, make sure you go back and check that out. Today is Palm Sunday, and if you paid close attention to the video, it was actually a little hidden message in there of what we're going to talk about today. But first, I want to ask you, what are you carrying what it is that you're carrying. You might notice that I'm carrying my backpack. I'm not really a purse person, but I go everywhere with my backpack. And so we're gonna talk about it today. Do you guys know that show, um, what's it called, Let's Make a Deal? Anybody know that show, Let's Make a Deal? I always love that show, I love game shows. And so on that show, What they would do, people would dress up in crazy costumes, which I thought was pretty fun. But then also it's called Let's Make a Deal because they were trying to win a prize, but there was always like one more chance. Do you wanna trade this for something else? Do you wanna make a deal? Keep what you have or see what's behind this door, right? Well, at the end of the episode, the host would go into the crowd to the contestants that didn't get chosen to come on stage and play the game, and he would try to make a deal with them. And I always thought it was so interesting, the things that people were carrying. So he would come out maybe with a $100 bill and say, hey, the first person to show me foreign currency gets this $100 bill. And so then maybe somebody would have it, right? And so then he would give him a $100 bill, and he could say, okay, you can keep this, but if you can pull out a pacifier, I'll make it $200. And there's all of these different things, right? So I thought we would play today. Why not? Let's play today. I'll go first. Let's see, you know, what it is that... I'm carrying things that I typically carry with me. I've got my sunglasses. These are from Amazon, they're very fun. I've got, let's see, a Starbucks gift card in here. We know how important that is, right? I've got a B-sick, be because I'm gonna get hungry. I'm gonna need a snack later on. I've got my lip gloss, I've got Kleenex. These are usually stuffed up my sleeve. Yes, but I don't have sleeves today, so I'm gonna leave them in my backpack for now. And I have um, a hair straightener. Because we are at that point of the year, friends, where the weather is crazy, it's uncontrollable, and you just gotta be prepared. So here's where we're gonna play the game. This morning, ladies, I'm talking to you. If you are carrying something weirder than a hair straightener right now, you can have my Starbucks gift card. Anybody? (laughs) Something weirder, I know you guys are digging. Look, they're looking, they're like, these are keys, wallet. All right, I'm gonna hold on to it. If you find something, you let me know. You come see me after service. What is that? A hair. a hair scarf? I don't know, girl. Maybe. I think. All right. We'll give Adora. We'll give Adora the Starbucks card. Oh, toothbrushes. I think you need to buy her a latte with that. <laughs> well done. Thank you for playing along. Guys, we'll come for you next time. I have one more thing in here, too, is I have all of these eggs. I'm carrying all of these Easter eggs because you might know that next Sunday is Easter and we are doing one outdoor service next weekend. At 10 a.m., it's gonna be a family service. Instead of having the kids go to M Kids, we want them to be outside. And then right after service, we will have an egg hunt. Now I've got like a thousand of these that we've been stuffing. And so make sure, hey, I didn't know, next week. Next week. We'll tell you what. Do you want to take these? You can get a head start and maybe go go hide them. Ah, Easter Bunny. Give it up for the Easter Bunny. Thank you for being here. So fun. So fun. All right. We like to have a little fun, talk about the things that we're carrying. But it is true that we all carry things, right? Whether it's in your backpack, your purse, your pockets, we all carry things. And then we carry things that people can't see. We carry things that are unseen. We carry our hopes and fears. We carry worries. We carry expectations. Maybe expectations that other people have put on you or maybe expectations that you have put on yourself. Maybe you are carrying the weight of a major decision that needs to be made, the weight of a crushing diagnosis that nobody else even knows you're dealing with yet. Maybe you're carrying debt or a secret shame that, again, no one knows and no one can see, but you carry it with you every single place you go. Maybe you're carrying things because you think that you need them. Some of you are carrying defensiveness as a self-protection method because you are trying to keep people out. For you, maybe it's not defensiveness, maybe it's sarcasm or a self-deprecating humor because you just want to deflect and draw people's attention away from whatever it is that you don't want them to see about who you really are. Maybe you're carrying pride because you need to come across a certain way or you at least need to come across better than the people around you. Maybe you're actually carrying a hangover today because what you were carrying last night was so much and so heavy that you just needed a way out and you couldn't figure out any other way to stop thinking about it and take a break for a minute. Some of us even put our value in what we carry and our capacity and ability to carry all of these things. And we glorify this this idea that we can carry so much. The problem is, when you put your value in what you carry, and it falls, your value and your self-worth falls with it. See, we try to carry things well. We balance and we juggle and we shift things around and we go, okay, well, if it's getting too heavy over here, then I can shift it over here, or we'll hike it up over our shoulder, and we try to do all of these things to balance. But if we are carrying the wrong things, inevitably, we are going to trip, we are going to fall, we are going to drop things and spill what we are carrying. Now, that could look like dropping the ball at work. Maybe you're not holding up your end of the bargain. Maybe you're not doing the things that other people are relying on you to do. That's what it could look like when you drop it all. Or it could be a spilling of your emotions where all of a sudden, all of the things that you've been holding and carrying in just come Dumping out on the people around you, and that is not generally a healthy way to process. See, Palm Sunday challenges us to be intentional about what we are carrying. God is calling us to carry something extremely significant, and if we can learn to carry this well, it will make carrying everything else so much easier. I'm going to set the stage for you for Palm Sunday and where we are in the Easter story. So at this point, Jesus has been traveling through cities, and he's doing miracles, and he's healing people. He's disrupting religious systems, and he's kind of ticking off the religious leaders of the day. And more and more people are hearing about him. They're following him. They're showing up to where he's going to be. They want to know what this guy is doing. And so where we're going to pick it up in the story, he's on his way to Jerusalem For Passover. And Passover is a Jewish um, festival that happened every single year where the people remembered how God took the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. It's celebratory. It's they're rejoicing. It's hopeful. Hopes are high. And not only that, they're remembering what God did, but they're also looking forward to what God has yet. To do because they are waiting on a promised king. They are waiting on a Messiah that they have been promised would come to save them and deliver them as a people group. So, this is where we are in Luke 19, and we'll start at verse 29. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever. Written. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you untying it, say the Lord needs it. Now, this phrase, a cult that no one has ever written, is a cultural phrase that would have some subtext. Animals that had not been ridden were set aside, they were special. They were used for dedication to God. So when people around heard this phrase, they would already take notice. They would already know something special is about to happen, and this animal has. Some honor. Now, I know this because I nerd out on like Bible stuff. And I have a study Bible, and I read all the Bible commentaries, but that is because it is so important to know the context and the subtext and the time and the place and the cultural norms and all of the things that were happening to help us understand these stories. Now, a lot of times when you read, you might see a footnote, and it's that little tiny number by a word or a detail, and I will admit that for years and years and years, I just blew right past those. I was like, this means something, but I don't really know. Pay attention. It's so good. Oftentimes, when you see a footnote, it is going to refer you back to another scripture. It's going to refer you back to something that has previously happened. And this is one of those cases. See, a hundred years or hundreds, hundreds of years prior, there was a prophet named Zechariah. And he had a message for the people from God for the future. He was describing the coming of a humble king. He was describing the coming of their Messiah. In Zechariah 9.9 it says, Rejoice, O people of Zion! Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem! Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey. Riding on a donkey's Now, fun fact about animals in Bible times is that donkeys were not typically associated with royalty. It was horses. Horses were used for kings and for royalty to show their reign, their authority, their power that they had. Yet Zechariah is saying that their king will be coming on a donkey. He's painting a picture that this coming Messiah, this king that they were waiting for, was going to be different than any other ruler they had known. Yes, he would be righteous and victorious, which is what they needed, but he would also be humble, gracious, merciful, and gentle. So now, here we are in the story, and Jesus is purposely choosing This cult. See, the Jewish people knew their history. They would have known this prophecy in Zechariah. And Jesus is intentionally choosing this donkey's cult to make his point, to show them, I am the guy. I am the Messiah. I am the king. I am the one that you have been waiting for. So we'll keep going in the story. So the disciples who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. Jesus always knows, right? It says, as they were untying the colt, this baby donkey, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, the Lord needs it. Now at the time, it was common for Roman soldiers or kings to be able to just commandeer an animal or even a person if they needed it for their service. If someone came up and said, hey, I need that donkey, if it was a Roman soldier, people were expected to comply and to give them whatever they needed. It's like right now, if somebody came to your house the king, the president, I don't know, whoever would be up there in authority and said, I need your car, you would have to just hand over the keys, okay? Some of you are like, fine, take my car, please. (laughs) Others of you, I know, you're like, I don't know where my keys are, I can't find them. This is normal, this is a normal thing. We'll keep going in verse 35. They brought the colt to Jesus, threw their cloaks on it, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. So as he's walking, as this donkey is walking down the street, people are taking off their cloaks and laying them on the ground in their path. This was also a customary thing that happened at the time. People would take off their cloaks and lay them down wherever a king would sit or walk as their way to show honor or respect or reverence for the king. Now, in other gospels, when they're telling this story, they also mention that the people had Palm branches. This is where the idea of Palm Sunday comes from. Palm branches were not just random that they were like, oh, hey, here's a tree. I'm just going to take this and like, wave it around because I can't find a confetti cannon. No. <laughs> Palm branches signified victory. Palm branches were waved as a sign of celebration when something had been won, when something had been overcome. It's almost as if These people had no idea what Jesus was walking toward. All they knew was here is our king. Finally, he is here. He has come to save us. He has come to redeem us. And he would, but not in a way that any of them could imagine. So here they are. They're celebrating. They're coming victory. And the vibe is happy. It's hopeful. It's a celebration. Verse 37 When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began to joyfully praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Again, it is important to understand the word choices here. These were not just random things that people were shouting out as Jesus passed by. These were phrases that they knew. They were part of the halal, which was a song that they sang every year as part of the Passover festival. You can now find it in Psalm 118 if you wanted to go look. Other translations or Gospels also add the word Hosanna, which a lot of people do associate with Palm Sunday. And Hosanna is a Hebrew expression that is basically a cry out for salvation. It is a cry for deliverance. So this crowd is showing over and over that they believe Jesus is their king. Finally, he is there and he has come to save them. So the scene is set right? We've got the people. We've got Jesus on the donkey. You can probably see it in your mind like a movie. I'll tell you what, in my mind, it's a cartoon movie (laughs) because that's pretty much how I live my life. Um, I think that I, if you're not watching cartoon movies, listen to me. You are missing out. You are missing out, right? They are so underrated. And I'm going to tell you, I find Jesus in cartoon movies, I think maybe more than I find him like anywhere else in life. (laughs) Actually, we have um, a podcast called Becoming Church. And I was able to sit down with Evan Dodson, who is part of the Bible Binge podcast. And the Bible Binge podcast is another podcast where they basically do retellings of Bible stories in the context of right now, in the context of pop culture. Because they believe that um, if we want to better understand the story and be able to get application out of it, we have to be able to relate. So if you're not listening to the Bible Binge highly recommend. They're some of my favorite people in life. I actually got to hang out with them last weekend. Flex. I was living my best life. It was amazing. It was amazing. But Evan and I did sit down and we had a whole entire episode and a conversation on how we see Jesus in cartoon movies and in Disney. And you need to check out that episode. But I do want to give you one example of a movie that we did not get to cover in our conversation. And this is probably one of my top five movies of my entire life. It is so good. It is so deep. It is funny and also like theologically sound. And it is a cartoon. (laughs) And it's called The Star. And The Star, (laughs) some fans already, I know you guys know it's so good. Okay, The Star is a Christmas movie. And so you look at it and you think that it's about the birth of Jesus at Christmas. But it's actually about a talking donkey named Bo. Okay, now Bo has a big dream of being in a royal caravan. He's a mill donkey, and he's all tied up, but he can see out in the distance or in the street, um, passing in front of the mill, the royal caravan coming through, and that's his big dream. He wants to do something big and be part of something important. So he escapes. Bo escapes, and on his way, he gets injured, and then he meets this lady, this pregnant lady, who helps him. Spoiler alert, it's Mary, So Bo meets Mary, and she like helps him to heal, and so for the whole entire movie he's torn. Do I go chase after the royal caravan that I can see out in the distance, or do I stay with this nobody pregnant lady who helped me out? Well, he ends up staying, and he's there when Jesus is born. He's there when this baby is born. And all of a sudden, he sees the wise men coming and the angels. And he's like, What in the world? And he hears all of the things that the people are saying about this baby. And then it hits him and he realizes. And he says to his friends, he turns to his friends and he says, You guys, I carried the king on my back. I carried the king. This whole time, I thought I was just helping this nobody pregnant lady. And I was part of a royal caravan. I carried the king. And his sassy little bird friend, Dave, is like, ugh, we're never going to hear the end of this, are we? And sweet little Ruth, the sheep, she goes, you know what? I hope we never do. Friends, you carry the king. Are you still talking about it? You carry the king. See, there are a lot of people in the Palm Sunday story that we could look up to. We could look to the disciples who did whatever it was that Jesus asked them to do. We could look to the donkey's owner who gave up and sacrificed and whatever Jesus needed. We could look to the people in the streets who were like unashamedly believing in him and rejoicing and not worrying about what they looked like. But I am telling you that we should be, and you are the donkey. You are the donkey, If anyone has ever told you, stop being an ass, I'm telling you right now, I'm giving you permission. It's in the Bible. I'm giving you permission. You should be, and you are, okay? You are the donkey. The donkey did not have the fame. He did not have a name. He was not the recorded hero of this story, but I believe that he was the most humble and he had the most important job. It was a donkey that carried Jesus into the world at Christmas. And now it would be a donkey again that carries him to the cross for our salvation. We carry the king. So what does that mean? 2 Corinthians 4 says, For God who said, Let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. God has given us this light. He has given us this great treasure to carry, and some of you can't find it because it's buried under all of the other things that you're carrying. Some of you feel like you're in darkness and you can't find that light because you're looking at the wrong things. And some of you are tired. You're like, I am tired because what I'm carrying is too heavy because you have forgotten that it's in God's strength that you are meant to carry it all, not in your own. But we do. We carry the king. So what does it look like? Three things. First of all, you carry his name. You carry his name. You are a reflection of Christ that was made in his image. That verse tells us the glory of the Lord that is seen in the face of Jesus. That should be seen in you. Everything that you do, you do in his name. Now you might be like me. I know when I was growing up, I thought that taking the Lord's name in vain was saying, oh my God, That was always the big thing. Don't say, God, it's gosh, it's gosh. And to be fair, I do that to my own kids now. I'm like, gosh. But I wonder if taking the Lord's name in vain, if carrying the name of the Lord is less about what we're saying and more about what we're doing in his name. I wonder if it's more about how we are treating people in his name and the way we're behaving and the way that we are living out our lives in his name, The Greek word for Christian is actually little Christ. So if you call yourself a Christian, everything that you do, you do in his name. How you live shows people who Christ is. Second thing is that you carry his presence. You carry his presence to people, to situations. The verse told us that we are clay jars, we are vessels that hold the light. The light is not ours So wherever we go, we get to take his presence with us to other people. You might have heard people talk about being the hands and the feet of Jesus or the mouthpiece of Jesus. And it is this idea that God's presence is not something for us to hold onto tightly. It's not something for us to grasp and keep for ourselves to see what we can get out of it. But it is ours to steward. It is ours to hold, to welcome other people people in so that our words become his words and that our actions show his actions. We carry his hope, his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, his love, his power, and we get to take it to other people to help them find their way out of the darkness. Did you know that donkeys can die of loneliness? Donkeys can die of loneliness. Let's just say hypothetically, you were researching to see if you could put a donkey in your backyard. <laughs> if you want to do that, you maybe can, but you have, to, you have to get two. You have to have two donkeys because donkeys need each other. They rely on each other. So if a donkey is alone, it will get sad and it will get lonely and it will get depressed and it will not live as long and will literally die of a broken heart. Now, I am telling you this, number one, because this is my chance to do a sermon on donkeys, I'm going to give you all my facts. <laughs> number two, because it's relevant, it applies here. If you are a donkey and I am a donkey and we are all donkeys together, then guess what? We need each other. This is why it is so important when we come together in community, when we do life together, when we worship together, we are bringing the presence of God to each other. You know that feeling when you're around somebody and you just feel like you can breathe again? You don't know why, but you're around somebody and just being in their presence just brings you peace or calm. You just want to be around them more. That is because they are bringing the presence of God to you. And then on those days when you can't find the light, when you can't find God's presence, someone else can bring it there for you. Friends, this is the beauty of church. This is why it's important to come together. We, we sometimes say at Mosaic that you can't be a Jesus follower alone. This is why. You need other people. We need other people. And the church gives us a place to do this together. Last thing is that you carry his message. See, this is the highest purpose that we can have. You carry his message. I think the reason that Bo the donkey makes me cry every single year is because I see myself in his longing and in his want for more. At one point in the movie, he takes his little hooves and he tries to, like, put them together and (laughs) pray like this. And this is what he says. He's like, God, hello. Um, I don't really know how this works or if you listen to prayers from donkeys, but I've seen Mary do this many times and I don't know what else to do. I got it. My friends need help. I thought if I followed the star, it would lead me to where I'm supposed to be, but I failed them. What do you want me to do? I don't know about you, but I long for purpose. I long for purpose. I want to do something so big for the king because I know him because I know him and I know what he's about. And I know that there are people out there that need help and there are people out there that need him. And I'm just like, God, I wanna do it and I'm gonna help and I'm gonna bring them to you. And so I follow the star and I follow all of the shiny things and I do all of the things that I think I'm supposed to do. And then I find myself failing over and over again because instead of focusing on what I've already got, I'm looking out to the distance to see what else is out there and what could be next and what I could be a part of. And so I find myself failing and praying this prayer over and over again. God, what do you want me to do? I just want to help people. I just want to point them to you. What do you want me to do? And he has to remind me over and over again, you are already doing the most important thing. You carry the king. You are already doing the most important thing. This is the most purpose you could ever have in your life. Maybe you didn't realize that you already had this light, this life inside of you. Maybe you don't want the responsibility, and it's it's scaring you. You're afraid of it. You're like, I don't know. It sounds like too much for me. I don't know that I'm capable. I think I'm inadequate to carry this all. Well, Jesus tells us in Matthew... Is that a yoke is actually a piece of wood that they would put across the shoulder blades, across the backs of two animals. And it would help the person to be able to guide and direct them, steer them in a way, but it also allowed for burdens to be placed on their backs. And Jesus is using this example because he knows the people he's talking to will understand this analogy. He's saying to them, listen to me. I know that what you're carrying is heavy. I know the things that people can see and the things that people can't see are heavy. The world is heavy. I know that you are tired. This is what happens when you try to exhaust yourself carrying all these things. You will become weary in your body and in your mind. But I can give you rest. I can make it easier. And this doesn't mean that we just get to take all the things we're carrying and then just dump them at the feet of Jesus doesn't work like that. But what it does mean is that he will make our burden lighter. It does mean that we can pair up and yoke up with him and he will help us carry our burdens. It means that we can rely on his strength instead of our own. It means that carrying the king is lighter than any of the other things you've been carrying. In order to do that though, you might have to put some things down. It might be time to put some things down, and I know it's hard. You might feel like some of these things are part of you. You've been carrying them for so long that you literally don't know how to live without them. Some of you are carrying people. You're carrying families or employees, people that look up to you, people that rely on you, and you might be in a season where you're having to carry other people's things for them, and you might not be able to put them down. In those cases, yoke up with Christ. Let him help carry the burden and give you rest. But take an honest look at what you are carrying. What are you carrying that you don't need to carry anymore? The resentment, the unforgiveness, the bitterness, the pride, the fear, your defense mechanisms. You have to put those things down because they're weighing you down. And God, Jesus wants to give you a burden that is light. You don't have to know how to do it because God will help you. I'm going to pray for us. And then after I pray, we're going to sing one more song. Just like on that first Palm Sunday, we're going to sing the song Hosanna. And as we're singing this song, I want you to remember that this is a cry out to God for salvation. Not because he saved you just the once, but because he can save you over and over again. He can save you in every decision, in every burden, in everything that you're carrying. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would show us what it looks like to carry the king. God, show us the places that we are focused on instead of looking at you. God, show us the things that we are doing in your name that maybe we need to stop doing. God, and show us what we're carrying that is so heavy. God, that we can trust you with, that we can lay down at your feet, that we can allow you to come in and help us carry. God, remind us. That because we carry you in our souls, God, that we get to be Jesus to other people. God, and that also means that your presence is always with us and we are never alone. God, help us to see what it looks like to represent you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.